0: I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Thursday. Big changes in the NBA. Ty Lue in with the Clippers. Daryl Morey out of Houston, even though Houston had the second best record in the NBA during his tenure. Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore back at practice today. So was Drew Locke of Denver. Patriots favored by nine and a half over the Broncos. L.A. Dodgers blowout last night now are favored in the series versus Atlanta, even though L.A. trails two to one. Game four tonight. Here comes a full hour of The Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports, Sports Radio. Radio.
0: This is straight out of Vegas
1: with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it i'm rj live on a thursday live in las vegas live on 225 fsr stations across this great great nation in studio steve fezzik so steve you come in on thursdays during football because there's typically a thursday night game not a thursday night game did you contemplate trying to call off like bag off no not at all not even a contemplate. i'm locked
2: in on thursdays
0: well i don't think lock is the right word (laughs) sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans to know more than their buddies. We're pros. He's a Joe, but he's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox.
3: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes heating up, we've got a couple of playoff games in Major League Baseball. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday?
0: Sweepstakes. Doesn't that imply you win something of value? I don't think that's the exact right word. But I'm going to start with the breaking news. It's one of the great things about live radio. And this has been breaking throughout the day with the NBA, with Ty Lue and, and Daryl Morey, which I think is particularly interesting.
3: Yeah, Daryl Morey, the longtime general manager of the Houston Rockets, is out. Houston will be looking for a brand new GM. And then Ty Lu, who was an assistant for the L.A. Clippers last season, he has been named, according to ESPN, the brand new head coach of the Clippers, agreeing to a five-year deal earlier.
0: So, with Moray, I think this is a story. It's a bigger story than you might realize. And it ties in with analytics and what they mean to sports in the modern era. So, first, let's repeat what we said in the headlines. This is objectively true. Is that during his time with the Rockets as GM? The Rockets had the second best record in the NBA. San Antonio Spurs one, Daryl Morey two, and the Rockets. That's it. We can talk about Kobe. We can talk about LeBron. Now, again, LeBron, I'm guessing, if you followed him from place to place, had a better record. It's not the way it works. (laughs) We're talking about a team because Daryl Morey didn't jump around based on what players he had. So, if we just said, hey, we're going to play 82 games on most years, exception, obviously, this year. There's a few less. And we're going to decide how good you are based on how many games you win. It seems like a fair way to judge it, right? We're about winning and losing in this country. And you might say, well, there wasn't many GMs that were there as long. No, no, no. We're not talking about GM wins. We're talking about team wins. So the Celtics, for example, spoke, Danny Ainge. It's one of the great storied programs, and it strikes me that, well, if the Spurs are one <laughs> and Houston's two, it means Boston's below them. That's pretty good. Is that guy, he, first of all, you don't step down. He's not stepping down because he's going to another job he wants more. He's getting pushed out. So- Daryl Morey is being pushed out. And if you are the second winningest guy, and we're not saying arbitrarily, let's start in 2008 because the first three years weren't all that good, because blah, blah, no. Just start with his first day and with his last day. And during that time, he was the second best. And by all accounts, all accounts, one of the forward thinkers... In NBA basketball analytics, Daryl Morey. So you got a guy who's a legend, like a rock star at the Sloan Conference and the analytics nerds. Well, we'll just say the socially challenged. And he's getting pushed out. Now, where does this tie in? Let's look at baseball, Fez. Who is maybe the analytics guru in baseball? Billy Bean. How's he doing? Does great in the regular season. And hasn't there been recent news about Billy Bean? I mean, J- Jonas', what's his current status? I have not heard anything on Billy Bean to
3: be honest well, with you. I haven't, all I haven't right, so gotten in
0: depth. to me and maybe this is something where it's not as out there. you know from what I'm hearing, there's a real reevaluation of his partic- you know how he's going to be participating with the As Now we'll see how that turns out, but at minimum, No, Not even a World Series appearance. Uh, Yeah, that's what I thought. So, Bean is stepping down from the A's to focus on sports business ventures. And I wasn't sure if that was out official and public yet or it was someone I was talking with. But, yes. So, Billy Bean out with sports business ventures. That sounds like spending time with the family. (laughs) right? (laughs) So, Billy Bean out, Daryl Morey out. I'm not saying Bean got pushed out. I don't know. I don't know and they have zero titles, though you could say this is the NBA's vanguard, the guy. Who would be, if we were talking about basketball analytics, who would be even in a debate that you'd say, oh, he was more influential than Daryl Morey, or he was more this? Can you think anyone? I can't even think of a name. Jonas? No, it would be Daryl Morey. He's the guy. So the guy in NBA analytics is out even though he performed second best of all teams during his tenure. Billy Bean out, zero titles between them. That is the rub. Because we could say, and Fez, you might do this voice better than me low sample size, small sample size. And that's code for it didn't go the way my math says it should. And thus, we know we'll never be able to do this, but if we could somehow run 10,000 simulations, I'd be right, but we can't, so we're going to have to assume I'm right. It's <laughs> yeah, a good deal, I guess, if you can get people to believe it. And that's the question. And we'll start with Jonas on this. Is Do we believe the way Daryl Morey plays, the way the A's played under Bean as the GM, does it lend itself to win in the regular season and not win in the playoffs? Or was it a matter of sample size? If you just gave it enough time, the truth of the superiority of these approaches would reveal itself. It's just, as it has in the regular season, there just hasn't been enough time for that truth to reveal itself in the playoffs. That's what Daryl Morey's going to say. That's what Billy Bean's going to say. What do you say, Jonas?
3: I mean, I go back to the Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago where Chris Paul got hurt. If he doesn't get hurt, I we're not having this conversation, Who knows, though, right? I mean, yeah, but I just I look at that Houston team and say they would have beaten Golden State and they would have won the NBA title and I don't think we're having this conversation. It it's I guess it's sort of a a mixture of Yeah, there's something to he's more of a regular season GM and they had a ton of regular season success and not the same in the postseason. And also a couple of bad breaks and a full-blown dynasty that they had to deal with in the Golden State Warriors. And then you've got LeBron in the league at the same time. I think that was more of a factor as well, too, when it came to the Rockets and Daryl Morey struggles.
0: That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. To me... You could flip this and say the same thing, but it wouldn't work, which makes me question the Chris Paul analysis. I agree with Jonas. No doubt Houston's chance of winning those games would have been better with Chris Paul. Healthy, no doubt. But when Golden State had, uh, and I can't remember exactly which game it was, but when Durant got hurt, and I think there was two games left, and Golden State needed to win 6-7, and and Durant was out, and this would have been— Uh, not this most recent year, the bubble year, but the year before, when Golden State lost even more players in the finals against Toronto. At that point, if Houston would have won, Golden State would be saying, well, if Durant didn't go out, we'd be fine. But in truth, somehow, when Houston lost their player, Chris Paul, they weren't able to win. And when the opponent lost their player, Houston wasn't able to win. Again, small sample size. What do you think, Fez?
2: There's something about those analytics of shooting the threes in the NBA that when it comes after a long, tough series, you get to games five, six, seven. All of a sudden, making those shots. The pressure goes up. It really does.
0: It's both fatigue and pressure.
2: Yes. And a more physical game means more contact during the playoffs. makes it harder to keep your shot when you're getting bruised up, nicked up during the playoffs and guys getting hurt as well.
0: And you like a lot of time in between effort. You do personally, right? <laughs> well, like yeah. the couch, just time to gather your thoughts and stuff. <laughs> Steve Fezzik, I'm RJ Bow, straight out of Vegas. It sounds a lot like what Colin said about Golden State. The year, the first year with Kerr, he's like, you can't win as a jump shooting team. That was the assumptions then. You got to wonder in five years, 10 years, are we going to look back and, You know, you might destroy this tape and think, well, you know, that Fezzik thought that you couldn't win, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Maybe to me, it's more about Harden having such a one-dimensional approach to his game that it's pretty much the same. It's almost like Rivera from the Yankees, that same cutter. It worked for Mariano Rivera, but... With you go over seven games, it seems like people are able to figure out Harden as those series progress. Great observation, and we really saw that. That wait, wait a minute, it's, it's literally the same
2: offensive scheme, possession after possession, and then the scores, the scoring would go down as the the um, series progressed.
0: Yeah, so Durant in that series in 18-19, it was the nineteen playoffs. Got hurt in game five. They came back and won Golden State game five. And then they won the whole series in game six at Houston. So it didn't even go seven. Durant was out both of those games. Hmm. Let's talk about Ty Lu. To me, at first I thought, hey, he's a player's – you know, it's a player. He's going to be a player's mm-hmm. coach. Then what I heard was, you know, he's not getting some of these jobs because he's too tough on the players. The players – feel like he's too demanding. Now, that's interesting, which ties in to the following fact. Doc Rivers, out of L.A. Clippers, recently, in the last decade, Ty Lue as an assistant has been under Doc Rivers, both at Boston and in L.A., for over five years. So, like, over half the time during the last decade, Ty Lu was holding a clipboard for Doc you fire Doc and bring in effectively his number two. Is that just an oversight? Is that like they're not kind of getting that they're kind of hiring Doc Light, you would say, or maybe Doc Next Generation, right? Mm. Bill Parcells and Belichick. Was Belichick Parcells Light or was he 2.0? I don't know. But I know that that seems, or you could say, you know, it's an affirmation of the Doc era. It's just his time had passed. What do you think, Jonas?
3: I, I think it's a bad look for Doc Rivers in the sense that if they go on with this roster, and this is going to be the next move that I'm really curious to see, if they go on and they continue on with this roster and there's no, there's been talks of and speculation of maybe they trade Paul George, he wasn't a good fit. If they come back with really the same nucleus but they just switched head coaches, that's them saying – we just didn't feel like Doc Rivers was the guy for the job. And the fact that they hired somebody on his staff with the same nucleus is them sort of admitting, hey, last year, maybe if Ty lose the head coach and not Doc Rivers, we don't collapse like we did in the bubble against Denver.
0: Or maybe it's they realize in hindsight, they got the players. It was a matter of integrating them over time. and They just didn't have enough time. But, oh, by the way, Doc sure likes the cameras, or maybe, who knows, someone didn't like some of the stuff politically The Doc... I have no idea what Steve Ballmer's politics are, but I know when you're a billionaire, you tend to like things the way you like them. And maybe there was just too much ego in the same room when Ballmer wants attention. You know, you don't think so much of, who's, who's the Mavs coach? All right? You think of Mark Cuban. I don't know if that's Ballmer's goal, but I think it's objectively true that Doc Rivers was one of the most uh, attention-generating, both through his efforts and just who he was as a legendary player, coach. He got a lot of attention. Maybe the theory is, hey, we got the same X's and O's with Ty Lue without the guy in the camera all the time. Maybe same political stuff that wasn't agreed to. Closing thoughts, Fez.
2: I think on baseball— I'm much more likely to give Billy Bean a break here because I truly think baseball is so random in the playoffs. Look at the Dodgers. They're way better than Atlanta this year. It's pick em now in that series.
0: So what you're saying is Billy Bean could have been the better team, just lost some. In the NBA, the better team tends to win those seven-game series. Yes. Good stuff. When we come back, we're literally going to talk about the three biggest stories this weekend in the NFL.
3: That's coming up next, but first, Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today. At more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas
0: Knox,
3: voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will dive into the biggest questions surrounding the NFL this upcoming weekend.
0: The kind of questions, if you could only have the answer to, it'd be so much easier to bet. We'll try to figure out those questions and the answers, perhaps at least speculation. Great day to join us. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we promise best football season yet will continue. You can listen on You know, let's go with FoxSportsRadio.com. They're streaming there, but also there's a list of all the stations, 225 of them. Find the one nearest to your area. Here in my area, Las Vegas, on the Strip, 91 degrees, and the neon is flowing.
3: So, RJ, it is already week six in the National Football League, but unfortunately there is no Thursday night game, so now we transition to the biggest questions heading into this weekend in the NFL.
0: And let's start with the schedule. It's my belief that the Buffalo Bills have been thrown, dealt a bad hand. Let's say dealt a bad hand, one of the worst hands I've seen situationally. Now, what do I mean? Well, first, let's talk about what a situational bad hand might be. Okay, you come back from London, you got that London trip and now you got a long road trip. Oh, that sounds tiring. You'd be a, you'd be knocked out for days. You remember what it was like after the Miami trip home? I mean, it's tough for you leaving time zone. I mean, it throws <laughs> off your your constitution. <laughs> you get the vapors, I think. You Is that what you call it, the vapors? I don't know what that is. Uh, wow. Well, is it true you have a fainting couch at the house? <laughs> <laughs> Just all kind of Victorian England type things. Now. So <laughs> the reality is these NFL players, these professional athletes in general, great athletes, physical specimens, but they're human beings. And there's certain situations. Let's look at Kansas City. They had a classic sandwich where they had tough games before, at least one. In this case, it was Baltimore, New England. Then oh, it's the Raiders. We're double-digit favorites. We'll find, and then at least the plan was a game at Buffalo on a short week. Well, when are you going to take your break against Baltimore? You know, if you can't give full effort every game, and it'd be nice if you could. But if you can't, let me think: Baltimore, New England, Raiders. Bills on the road, short week. Yeah, Raiders is a soft spot, and we always beat the Raiders. We'll just go there, tag the building. It'll be fine.
2: We'll win, right? Tag the building. What's yeah, that? Yeah, just mean? show up. But why tag the building?
0: We used to say is that. Is that. Like gang, is that like <laughs> gang things? We're gonna come by and put like KC there. Yeah, no, we said when we
2: mailed in and in corporate America, we said, "Oh, we show up in the office, we tag the building, and like we're we're
3: we've." We get our paycheck.
0: Okay, I'm going to go around the horn. Has anyone heard this? Jonas, have you ever heard that?
3: Uh, that sounds like, uh, you know, at Northwestern when they're trying to, like, spray paint an overpass
0: or something. <laughs> yeah. I that's, I uh, think Hollywood, is. Matt? Ever. Mackenzie. I have not. I mean, we could open the phone lines, <laughs> but I don't even think it's worth it. No one's heard of it. Do you, did you think that was something people everyone said, and we were all going to nod and think, great, great idiom there, Fez. Or did you know you were saying something no one would get?
2: No, I thought people knew that term.
0: Now, who's the last person you heard say that? I, my friends and I use it. Except for that. I have not heard it. But you didn't make the connection that it was no, just man. you guys saying it. That That's something just to think. If it's just you yeah. in a small group and you're the only ones that say it, it's probably not out there wide, and you just haven't heard (laughs) We often wonder if Fez were an alien that was like a robot, he would probably be programmed better. It'd be easy. If the Fez robot was there and Fez was there, you would think the Fez robot was more likely a human. Because the Fez robot would know enough not to use a saying like that, right, that no one's ever heard of. You just think it's all normal. Uh, you know, Jonas, we were thinking about when we were during the pandemic or, or during the time when sports was out of having an episode at the, or a segment at the end of the show that we would talk about people's birthdays and like have Fez tell us what he knows about them. But like movie stars and and at one point we were practicing and we go, oh, Con- Kanye West. He goes, I don't know who that is. And it was like, that would be funny for a while, but like at what point... You remember that, right, Fez? I do. Have you picked up any knowledge on Kanye yet?
2: Yeah, Kim Kardashian. (laughs) That's it. What's
0: the relationship? Married. You sure? 98%. All right, but he does know football. So straight out of Vegas, here we go. So back to the whole idea of the Bills is... If you think about their lead up to that Tuesday night game, and let's be candid, the bills on Tuesday night got crushed, they got embarrassed it's a it's a reevaluation of how good the bills are, or should it be or not a reevaluation and Here's why I question it and Jonas I don't know if we've talked about this, but let's kind of do a exercise here. If you're the bills and you don't know for sure if your next game is Tuesday against Tennessee or Thursday, a couple of days later, against Kansas City. And, oh, by the way, the Tennessee game's in Tennessee and the Kansas City game's in Buffalo. On Saturday, if you don't know yet, who are you preparing for?
3: Yeah, you can't really do a deep dive on either one. It's kind of – and what I was thinking about when we were discussing it on Wednesday, yesterday, was in the NCAA tournament when you're – you know, in a, in a bracket and it comes to your weekend and you advance, you kind of have to prepare for two different teams. So you'll send part of the coaching staff uh, uh, to, co- to cover one team. The other one will look at another one. You're not really sure where to go because it's all determined after you already play. And so you don't have a whole lot of time. There's so The turnaround is so quick. And so if you're Buffalo, I just wonder if they looked at it and said, all right, we're going to split it. If we're playing uh, this team, then we'll be ready to go here. If we're playing Tennessee, then we'll be ready to go here. But splitting that amongst all the other, you know, travel and testing and all that other stuff, they just looked and it showed not prepared to play or or at least not as prepared as Tennessee did on short practice weeks.
0: And remember, Tennessee, no doubt, had the disadvantage of practice was limited. But they knew from last weekend, they knew. That they were playing, at least if the, if any game was going to happen, it was going to be against Buffalo that week. And that's the weird part of that game being on Thursday. Because if somehow this game had been Tuesday and then, oh, it's, a, it's one or two less days. Yeah, Bills would have had a disadvantage this next game, which they do. But it wouldn't be near as much as literally sitting there on Monday morning and not being sure who you're going to play next. It's and a they, great
2: point because Tennessee knew who they were playing. Now maybe they wouldn't play at all. Yeah, if there was a game, it
0: was going to be against the Bills. Exactly,
3: bill. and no traveling because they were playing at home. So that was right. the other
0: advantage. Great point because I. So now that was we missed it. All right? I missed it. All right? We should, in hindsight, and it's easy to say 2020, but the. The question is, how much do we mitigate? How much do we say, yeah, Tennessee looked good, but they had such a big advantage, we can't go crazy on that result because they had such a big advantage, Tennessee. And the flip side would be, bills look bad, but maybe the circumstances almost dictated that and you don't downgrade the bills quite as much. I don't know what the answer is to that. What do you think, Jonas?
3: Well, I, what about this? The fact that we've seen now, if you're looking at the AFC East, you've seen what New England looks like without Cam Newton. And now you're seeing the Bills who have been kind of screwed over by the scheduling and what they're having to deal with. Does this make you think about looking at New England to come out of the AFC East based on what we've seen the past week or so between both teams?
0: Hmm. It's, that's not my feeling. Mine is more... If the Bills lose against Kansas City, and what's the current line on that, Fez? Four. All right, so... Kansas Kansas City's laying the the four. Yeah. Kansas City's favored by four. It, to me, assuming the Bills lose the Kansas City game, and why do I think the Bills are at a disadvantage there? It's just the mathematics of a short week. So Kansas City's known their next games against the Bills. They weren't sure if it was going to be Thursday, Sunday, Monday. It ends up being Monday, but they've been on that since against since that Raiders loss, right? Yes. So that's been you know they're on it now. The Bills, yeah, you could say some of the time that they split when they could have been ready for Kansas City or Tennessee could still carry forward. But now you're going to have that next day after the game. It's Wednesday now. We don't see a Tuesday to Monday. Now, you could say, well, that's like Monday to Sunday. And it's true. But it's still a disadvantage. You're on a short week again.
2: Routine is completely shot. No NFL team plays on a Tuesday, right? So, yeah.
0: so to some degree, it, I, I think that the problem with or the negative for the Bills here is a lot less in game two than game one but it's certainly a negative by a point or two. Would you agree with that? I would agree. So now you've got a really bad game one against Tennessee, a bad spot. You've got a moderately bad spot in this follow-up to KC. If the Bills go 0-2, everyone's going to say, ah, same old Bills, same old Bills. And Feds might bring up some Josh Allen accuracy stats. He'll pull it and cherry pick. He'll make him <laughs> look bad. So, so to me, it's a situation where I'm looking to play on the Bills in the week or two after that. And that's what we do. That's what professional bettors do: is find mispricing. Why is this team overrated? Why is this team underrated? And that mispricing is what creates value. And I think the Bills will be underrated if they go 0-2 during this stretch, because some of it will be because of the circumstances that most people are not talking about.
2: Yeah, I love it. And in fact, one bet I can think about making, if this all transpires and the Bills lose, Bills to win the division potentially, bet it next week after New
0: England wins and the Bills, if should they lose? All right. So, it's a great question. What are the odds in the AFC East to speak to Jonas's, hey, is New England offering value perhaps? So a week ago, Buffalo was minus 275. So a little less than three to one. $275 wins you 100. So favored. Now they're minus 200. So the drop from minus 275 down to 200. If they lose again, uh, I mean, what? One, I'm just guessing 140? Yeah, it's going to be significantly less than 200. Probably won't be even yet, I don't think. Yeah, Bills, I agree, probably small favorite. So, Jonas, at those numbers, what's your gut feeling?
3: I mean, I would, what you guys brought up, I would wait and take Buffalo. Because let's think about it. What has changed? You always talk about what's changed since that line came out. Well, Buffalo and New England both lost, but the Bills went down that much? In, in the odds? Like, that, that's that's the part that's, that's a little bit puzzling. So the Bills and Patriots both lose, but it's Buffalo who's being punished on the line moving forward in the division.
0: Well, I, I think it's driven by, and you can tell me, and, and again, the, the Patriots losing was the week before, right? Yeah. But I think you kind of look at, at Kansas City as a loss, and again, it's fractional. They're going to say, what, the Pats had, like, what, maybe 0.2, a quarter win there, yeah. maybe? Uh, with Cam, it might have been better, but it would have been better lines for sure. So, to me, the simple answer there, Jonas, is New England was expected to lose at Kansas City, but the fact is the Bills were expected to win versus Tennessee, so it was a worse loss. Okay, Would you, you agree with that, yeah, Fez? I would, Yes. We're going to talk about the biggest line moves in the NFL in the last 24 hours or so. So what's really changed in the last day or so? Be
1: sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell.
0: You know, the last thing I think to wrap up the whole COVID talk and the scheduling, Fez, what do you think – has been the takeaway so far. We've been wrong about we questioned Minnesota when they were out of the building. How would that affect things? They ended up playing really well the next week. Um, in general, if I said, "What? Give me a COVID overarching." tip on how to assess the factor, how big of an impact this is, what would you say? I think practice might not be as
2: important as we thought it would be. So, we saw teams do very well. Most recently, the Tennessee Titans, they only had one day of practice and obviously, in a really good spot, played a great game against the Bills. Practice might be overrated.
0: Yeah, and this has nothing to do with, I mean, you're not going to do any imitation of AI right now, right? No. Iverson? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, he got it. He got it. Okay. <laughs> I agree. And you know what I think it is? I think it's because since the 2011 collective agreement, they don't practice all that much. It's generally walkthroughs. So to me, it's coaching time. It's time to install the system, the new s- stuff for that week. It's not about practicing, it's more about being like in a classroom. So, kids, mm-hmm. Even if you want to be an NFL player, you better learn how to sit in class and take notes right, or you probably can't even play in the NFL. When we come back, we will go over those big line moves. I think the market tells us so much. What is the market telling us about this week's NFL?
3: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: But right now, we're going straight to the Fox Sports Radio headquarters with breaking news.
1: Breaking news from Fox Sports.
3: It's Dan Byer at the news desk in Los Angeles and breaking news guys in the National Football League. The NFL Network, the first to report that Le'Veon Bell, the free agent running back, is likely to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. Reports earlier today said it was down to the Dolphins, Bills,
1: or KC, that it was down to Miami or Kansas City. Ends up Le'Veon Bell likely to sign
0: with the defending Super Bowl champions. Ooh, dog. This is the great adage. Thank you, Mr. Dan Byer. This is the great adage. You want to do what your opponent doesn't want you to do. As a Steelers fan, I am not happy right now. I did not. I don't like Le'Veon Bell. I don't think he's a great player anymore. If you look at his stats, you could make the case he's one of the least effective players, running backs in the NFL. But you know what? Ryan Tannehill was one of the least effective quarterbacks in the NFL when Adam Gase was his coach. How much of this I was just doing out on uh, New York Radio Today, and they're saying, yeah, we think Gase capped him down. Now, I don't know if this is just you demonize Gase at this point, no matter what, but, man, this is a guy that not that long ago was one of the best backs in the league. If he's now, like, the third back... That can't be anything but a good thing for Kansas City, as long as the locker room cancer is kept down. But when you have an organization as strong as Kansas City under Andy Reid, with Mahomes being such a presence now as the leader, I don't think Le'Veon, if he starts acting up, he's going to be ostracized. He's not going to spread it. What do you think, Fez? I think the Kansas City rookie running back, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, had a great opening night, and he has
2: not been as effective. And he's a rookie. To make him be the bell cow for 16 games was too long.
0: Good pickup for Bell for Kansas City. Plus, not a huge physical back. Yes. Right? And again, it, it's not a who knows if Bell going to be the second, you know, most touches, third. But all of a sudden, at least at minimum, Andy, if Andy Reid put in six plays for him, you know, that scares me. What do you think, Jonas?
3: Yeah, I love the fit. I think if anybody's going to get anything out of Le'Veon Bell at this point, it's going to be Andy Reid, and not only just from a player standpoint, but from the fact that he's not going to be asked to be the every down back. He's got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there. They've got other weapons on offense. And also, Andy Reid's got a good track record in being able to deal with players who have had off-the-field issues or been had uh, personality issues, whatever the case may be, and making it work. I think Kansas City just got better.
0: Now imagine, and that's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. Imagine if the Cowboys signed him. What would we be saying right now? (laughs) We'd be like, same old Jerry Jones, (laughs) just going for the big name. But, oh, he's past his prime Le'Veon. Oh, if he signed him in 2017, maybe. It goes to show you, and this is what makes sports so interesting. It's not... 2 plus 2 equals 4. Sometimes it's 2 plus 2 equals 3. And sometimes, Fred, it's 2 plus 2 equals five. 5. Yes. Yes. All right. Rapid fire. Literally five seconds a game. I'm going to talk about some line moves. So, Chicago went from plus 2.5 to plus 1.5. So, Carolina money. Yeah, actually, Chicago money. Oh, you're right. Down from 2.5 to 1.5 on the dog. And I
2: disagree with that. I'm high on Carolina. I
0: think they're undervalued. So, the market disagreeing with you again? Yes. All right. In this case, we got Detroit favored by 3.5 at Jacksonville, down to (sighs) 3. No opinion on this game. Hmm. Not sure what's moving it. Okay. This is a big move. Houston was a three-point underdog. Now, they're a four-point underdog. So, Tennessee money.
2: Yes. And you predicted this, I think. You don't think much of Houston, and you were right on this line
0: move. All right. So, we're going to do a little bit more of this, where we're going to say, what has the market done since yesterday, and what does it tell us? Because not only can you bet, but you can learn from Vegas.
3: Straight out of Vegas has been brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We are back tomorrow for a full preview of every single game in the NFL this weekend. We are straight out of Vegas, 6 p.m. Eastern time, three o'clock Pacific right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app.